0: Welcome, everyone, to episode 23 of the Great Old Ones Gaming Podcast. I'm Nate, lost in time and space, and I'm joined with today.
1: I am the man from Lang, host of the Whisper and Darkness
2: YouTube channel. And I'm Innkeeper Vase Odin from the Twisted Tentacle Inn.
0: Hey, it's me
3: and Nathan. And, and I, uh, I don't even know what I do anymore, but I do have uh, Arkham Horror Images of Madness on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find me at the Arkham Horror
0: LCG Society of Lighthouse Keepers. And we're joined with a very special guest. We're joined with Connor from the Board Game Barbecue. How are you, Connor? Good, I lads. How are we going? I am doing quite well, despite it being an actual sauna in my office right now, but I'm doing well. Nice to have you on the show. No, it's, it's great to be here. And I, I'm almost the, uh,
4: pardon the pun, but the polar opposite because it's about, uh, well, probably about like 40 degrees Fahrenheit here. So we, we of course, use the uh, superior Celsius uh, and it's probably less than 10 degrees Celsius.
3: No, well, the fact you came out of the gate saying Fahrenheit is so nice because, I mean, we're already bath backwards, not using metric with the rest of the world. So thank you. I appreciate that.
4: Nah, that's all right. I thought, seeing as you're accommodating me with the uh, time, I thought I'd accommodate you with uh, our uh, measurement uh, statistics that we use.
3: Well, inappropriate. So wait, I, have, I have one quick thing to say. I just want to point out for the rest of this episode that making fun of Connor for being Australian or any comments about Australia is off-limit, and we should respect him as a fellow Arkham Horror uh, LCG individual. I just want to start off with that.
0: Mm, this sounds like a huge bait and switch if I've ever heard one, but Connor, why don't you go ahead and uh, briefly tell the audience who you are and what you do for those who may not know? Yeah,
4: thanks, Nate. So uh, I'm part of the Board Game Barbecue podcast. Uh, we're a, a little Australian board game podcast that uh, was started roughly about 12 months ago. We're up to 100 episodes now and we release, an episode, we release two episodes every week. There's nine of us hosts and we rotate through and uh, Nathan graciously asked me to come join uh, you guys for this episode and I'm really excited to be here and uh, as Nathan has put it out, he feels like I've flown the flag for Arkham in Australia, but I don't know, I think I might have a few followers as well, uh, Nathan, so I don't know how true that aspect
0: is. It's true. We actually... um a patron of ours is from australia and he is a big fan of not only the show but of arkham in general uh sub-zero joe so i i know at least of a couple of other australians that play arkham as well
2: i think we can call sub-zero joe a
0: friend of the show oh absolutely yes Yes. absolutely (laughs) uh a human centipede of the
3: show
2: if you will that's (laughs) my god It's not going to end with the human centipede. The entire episode, is it? Mm,
0: we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. Um, but why don't we? Uh, why don't we just get right into the main topic? Because there is quite a bit to discuss after months of what seems to be nothing of news. So um, I guess the first topic of the episode is going to be the edge of the earth, which is huge news. Not only because it's a new campaign, but it's a entirely new way of releasing arkham and just some overall initial thoughts guys what do you guys think
1: well i think there was a a consensus in the community that the uh distribution model had to change at some point so i'm glad that they uh they finally pulled the trigger on it and and ditched the whole mythos pack thing i think that uh mythos packs had worn out their welcome and I think with the uh, the Mythos pack shortages that we saw earlier this year, uh, I think that just really led to a lot of frustration and uh, animosity among some members of the community who were very eager to play but uh, were unable to get their hands on certain Mythos packs or Deluxe expansions which when you're a campaign-based game that sort of expects players to play scenario 1 and then carry on through scenario Eight. If you're missing scenario four or five, it's uh, not going to be. Uh, you're not going to have a good time. And I think there's uh, I mean, just so many options for people these days to spend their money that I think FFG realized that
5: they needed to uh, to make a change. And I think that it will be um, for the best.
3: Um, That is absolutely spot on. I was nodding the entire time you were talking. You covered all the points. Uh, Just because I I don't know, uh, Connor, down in Australia, how's the distribution? Is it even spotier or do you have a a decent stockpile down there of Arkham Horror uh, Mythos packs and, and deluxe boxes?
4: Well that's probably the biggest thing that I'm excited about with the the upcoming um Edge of the Earth is the fact that we have we've always struggled to get Mythos packs in through no fault of our own local dealers. Uh at both the game shops uh, in around my town and uh in Melbourne too. They've always had a delay on the mythos packs. So when you're sort of champing at the bit to have a game and to continue your campaign. It makes it really tough because once you get to a certain point and you have to put the game away or then you're faced with, well, if you want to play again, do we start a smaller campaign and things like that, it does make it really difficult. So I think this new way of releasing the game is going to be a big plus uh, down here in Oz because it's just going to be a big box of content. I think they've learned a lot from the release of Marvel Champions, the fact that they're all self-contained expansions, they don't need to... Keep going with a campaign in those methos packs. It can just be big box of content. And the other plus side is, or well, what do you want? Do you want just more scenarios? Are you happy with your play cards, or do you want just play cards? Uh, you know, oh, so or you know, are you happy with your play cards? Use a scenario, or are you happy with the scenarios? And you want more play cards? I know for me, I'm, I'm definitely going to get both. I think that's a silly comment to make because we're probably all on the same boat. But if you are forced to make a choice their cost seems to be you know, pretty similar if, you, if you're looking at getting both of them.
0: I think it's great, especially for play groups that regularly meet up and play where you probably want your own collection of player cards, but you don't necessarily want your own collection of encounter cards. So you can have one person yeah. in your group... Good point. Yeah, one person in your group buy all the encounter cards and then you can each buy a collection of player cards and build decks without having to, like rely on one person to buy everything because that was a big struggle for me to get the game on the table with four people is that I only have my own collection and one full collection I feel isn't really enough to build four decks just because I find that a lot of the time you just kind of you step on each other's toes when it comes to deck building so I I'm a huge fan of these changes I know vase and I were discussing uh almost like an exact version of this months and months ago and seriously (laughs) it it feels sort of (laughs) um yeah it feels sort of validating to see that ffg recognized you know some of the issues with the mythos packs too um but uh, there's also a lot of other sort of interesting implications as well when it comes to design as well which i find more interesting than just here's packs one through eight play them in order now you can create campaigns that go all topsy-turvy you could go from scenario one to five to two to six to three to four eight etc and you could kind of jump all over the place which is really interesting and i'm curious to see what mj and the rest of the design team come up with
2: and to piggyback on that um i think you kind of nailed it as well in in terms of this new distribution model opens up a tremendous pathway for new design ideas not just within the box itself but because i I believe mj already said that the distribution might be slower than it used to be so they may come out with a deluxe box and it won't necessarily be every six months so there'll be a maybe a larger hole in between the larger releases where they can come up with new ideas for new products not just like the investigator packs that was a great test but they could come out with other things that might be new and interesting and completely out of left field or different than the things that we have been used to with Arkham Horror. And I think that's a really good thing for the game. I think this new release model has, has injected new life into Arkham Horror the card game and it was very, very much needed.
0: Yeah. It's like a breath of cold frigid air almost (laughs) to kind of make a terrible pun, but yeah, it's really, (laughs) it's interesting. I think, um, you know, we could even see like smaller campaigns for, for less money. Like maybe they want to tell a story, that's but it only point. needs four scenarios. So they just sell you a four scenario little box. That would yeah, cool that's my right so. thinking.
2: Longer ones, shorter ones. I mean, they they have so much more room to experiment now Mm -hmm. than they did before. Before they were almost, it was almost like they were constrained by the by the distribution model, as opposed to the design process dictating their distribution. You know, Mm -hmm. they
3: could even come out with like an Arkham Horror Journeys, or or uh, Express, or even Arkham Horrors Side Side Story, or some title, and have like little mini journeys. They're almost like a standalone. That's like two, three, four long, just kind of randomly that where they have some good ideas and flavor, it doesn't need a whole campaign. And it's more than just one, uh, one thing in a box. Um, just a a segue, a a side note, if you will, Connor, when you're playing Arkham horror, the, uh, uh, card game down in Australia and someone plays a knife asset, how many people around the table go, that's not a knife. Like just out of curiosity, <laughs>
4: I've I've banned that card from our plays specifically for that reason. There's no <laughs> knife, no knife allowed, uh, and and I've actually uh, I've I've proxied a spoon card actually, so we can we can use that. Uh, it's sort of like the upgraded version huh. of the knife. It would hurt uh, more. Well, yeah, I guess it's better. Maybe for like a more gelatinous enemy, a spoon would be better to deal with than a uh, than a knife. But just right. just to piggyback on, on 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 what Vase was saying, it'd be interesting to see if while maybe not have the freedom of other expansions that have come out of the past, but you could almost have you know an expansion where okay, you need to use this particular investigator, but you have a freedom to construct them however you want. So in the box, you get you know specific play cards similar to what they do with. With the design space of of yeah of Marvel Champion, and then you've got you know mm. okay, how would you like to construct this this investigator? Would you want it to be more survivor based? Would you like it to be more investigator based? But they have to go through, and that can lead to some stronger narrative links between
2: the investigators and also the the narrative content as well. Oh, that's man, that's a really good point. I think you might be onto something there, Connor, because I feel like the parallel investigators are almost like a a test to see if that could work investigators with different options for, you know, being different classes and then their original release. I think that could be something in the future for the game that they might actually be, you know, might be willing or should be willing to consider. I think that's a really cool idea. Cool thing to experiment with. So Nathan, what about you? You're, you're in the gaming uh, store industry, so what are your thoughts on the distribution model on this this new change with the Edge of the Earth?
3: Oh, simply put, I both simultaneously feel like it is exactly what we were talking about before and I think it was sorely needed. It covers several problems that the distribution model had for a campaign-based game. That said, I'm also slightly upset because of everybody I know, I'm the only one who has every adventure pre-made and pre-built, which means that I will be one of the only people
0: I know not saving money from the new program, but I still am 100% behind it. Well, not only did they spoil, obviously, the new release model, but they also went ahead and spoiled a absolute ton of player cards um, and investigators as well. So we want to start by talking about Man from Lang's favorite investigator, Lu Qian.
1: Yeah, I like Lily. I uh, I had a chance to, to take uh to play her and uh uh I enjoyed it. It was uh it was both uh interesting and surprising some of the things that uh I learned in playing her. I think some of her uh the um, are they disciplines, I think that's what they're calling them. Her four uh discipline cards that uh, you get to pick one build her deck. Uh, initially I had to, they spoiled the willpower one which is very much um very much like a lot of lily's abilities and other arkham horror files games and so i wasn't particularly excited about that the agility discipline was a lot more exciting but uh uh when it actually came to uh to playing the game uh, that plus one willpower skill icon on the willpower discipline would have been would have come in uh, really handy but i think they they took a pretty, uh, uh, a really innovative approach to designing Lily. She's uh, absolutely nothing like I thought she would be uh, when I imagined what they might do with her. And I think that's a, a really good thing. I think uh, of uh, all the investigators I've seen over the Arkham Horror Files products, she's the one who's who I've always wanted to play, but her abilities have always been really boring or have just not been that impactful and have really had almost no relationship with martial arts at all. And I think they really hit the nail on the head with her. And I think that bodes well for the other investigators in the box. We have already had Norman for several years, and and he's uh, a lot of fun to play. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they
0: do with, uh, with the others yeah i really like the aspect of her design where she gets more disciplines for every 15 experience that she earns through a campaign that's a really neat mechanic that i hope to see on other investigators as well just a bit of a side note but um but connor what do you think about lily chen
4: now she seems really really cool um i i think like you just said there nate about the different, you know, having if you gain experience, you get more disciplines. So I think it's a, a massive gap in the design space that not many investigators have a signature asset that can be upgraded, uh, whether that be a permanent ability or or an asset uh, or a, a card, a skill card that they have. So that's going to be really interesting when it comes to that. I think the fact that she is a martial artist, I, I really like the, you know, I think Arkham's always been a space for diversity. You know, you've got obviously you know she's i guess a female and an asian i think that's really important it can give someone you know um uh you know just another look at them another look at uh, you know if you if you happen to be of asian background or, or a female and you want someone that can sort of you know go out and and, and take names and and uh and kick back sides and that's going to be pretty cool for you uh, and the fact that she's kung fu i can't wait to pair her up with uh, uh with 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 Nate and uh, you know we've got the boxer and the kung fu
1: artist, and that's going to be, or the you know that's going to be really cool. I think one of the the exciting things about her was the the fact that uh, MJ spoiled that they were they're going to be issuing an errata for for Norman Weathers and deck building restrictions, which will uh, likely apply to Lily as well. And so uh, with all the multi class cards that are going to be released in the Edge of the Earth. Uh, investigator expansion that's going to give her a lot more flexibility because I know when I sat down to build a deck uh with even just the limited pool of of multi class cards that we uh we have at our disposal, I was already feeling it where you know I really wanted to include enchanted blade zero, but because it was a guardian card, it would have probably counted against her uh against her limited slots, which was uh if you vote, probably only have five to start with, um, losing two of those right off the bat is, is a pretty tough, pretty tough sell, especially when there are so many Guardian cards that uh, Lily really wants to use. And I guess looking at that too is the fun
4: part of, of the Arkham Horror LCG is the flexibility and the deck theory construction and and things like that. So by doing that, I don't think it's going to break these characters per se. I think, if anything, they were probably hampered before by some, as we say in Australia, some ticky touchwood rules. So I think that's really going to open up a lot of these investigators to be able to use those multi-use cards because I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, folks, but I don't know if the multi-use cards were necessarily that well regarded when they came out. I think people found them a bit limiting
0: yeah i remember they originally changed the way the dunwich investigators interacted with them because they had a similar situation if i remember correctly where it would count towards their off class if it was in their on class as well like with uh the tennessee sour mash in ash Pete, for instance would count as an off class before but then they changed it so that it didn't uh so i'm assuming it's kind of just to kind of fall in line with that sort of design philosophy but I am in favor of it overall because I do think that there's a lot of un un uh, explored design space with the multi-class cards which gladly we're going to be seeing a lot more of from this campaign box and the preview article.
1: You know, looking at the what they've been what they're doing with the Edge of the Earth expansion and the multi-class cards it really, really makes me wonder what they could have done had they done this with the bless and curse mechanic in the Innsmouth Conspiracy if they'd had uh, a box like this to really uh, dig into that mechanic more than than the Mythos Packs allowed them to do.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Blessing Curse especially is a mechanic that needs a decent card pool to be explored, and the previous release model just didn't really allow for that. So I'm glad that this, this, um, this distribution model will also allow for more interesting player design space as well. But yeah, I, mean, these I, are- I
1: think it's important when you've got, I mean, the Mythos packs, I mean, they they have, um, what was it, 60 cards in them. You knew that you needed two copies of 10, 11, 12 player cards, and then you had the rest were encounter cards. And um, some of the encounter cards that you needed for the for that particular scenario probably came from the deluxe expansion. So there were a lot of limiting factors in in what they could do with the, with the design of those scenarios you know there was they i don't think they could have gotten away with say releasing one mythos pack that was just encounter cards and not include any player cards in it because that scenario demanded that many uh that that many scenario cards so i think this is going to free them up a lot to mm-hmm. to to be able to design uh scenarios perhaps um get away with you know, they they're no longer limited by having to include say we need these 10 um uh encounter cards in the deluxe expansion because those 10 are going to be used in every other scenario um in the mythos packs so they can uh they can get around that and as far as the the multi-class cards go i mean i think that it's also a good sign that they've i think they're that they're including uh multi-class cards that cost experience points for the first time so uh, rather than getting upgrades for each uh, card, which of course chews up the number of cards that you can actually offer players, uh, this way they can just say, "Okay, well this this is a gold card that that costs one experience point." So rather than create um, that gold card and then two upgrades that are exactly the you know the same card, same name, different abilities. We can just offer two other cards that are fresh and new and and uh, not have to worry about you know duplicating. And if you look at it
4: from, I mean, it's a product after all, isn't it? And you want people to delve into this product. I, as someone who loves the game itself, would find it very difficult to buy a Mythos pack that didn't offer me any extra player cards because as great as the, as the scenarios are and as well-written as they are and as engaging as they are to play what you're really wanting to do is be able to go, right, I've got this awesome card that I've just unveiled. I'm going to, I can't wait to buy this card for my specific investigator. So if you're going to be making a Mythos pack that's going to be pretty lean on player cards, that's a pretty hard sell, especially if you're going to be waiting for it, you know, like in the same way that we have down here for
2: it to be released. And I have no doubt that they're going to come back to Bless and Curse in the future now that they have so much more open space. Yeah, I think this is this is part
1: of the problem that Nate and I talked about in in some of our card reviews. Is that you know, in a lot of the Mythos packs that were released during the Insmith conspiracy cycle, if you don't if you don't like the Bless or Curse mechanic, there is very little there for you.
2: Yeah, you know, it's either that, release a new mechanic and go all in and hope that everybody likes it, and basically oust anyone that doesn't, or release very little with the new mechanic and be limited with that. And now now they don't have that limitation. So
1: hopefully, you know, hopefully, if if you're not a fan of of multi class cards, you know, hopefully there'll be enough in the in the deluxe expand or, or sorry in the investigator expansion that will that will pique your interest in order to pick it up.
3: going off uh, mechanics too, I'm really looking forward to because they said they're going to revisit the concept of supplies, but not in the same way they did for Forgotten Age. So having gotten all that information from fans and from playtesters. I want to see their revamping
0: because that sounds kind of exciting, too. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned any of the story details, but I mean, we're finally getting a Mountains of Madness campaign, which is super cool. I've been actually recently rereading the story kind of in preparation for doing this episode, and I'm really curious to see how this partner mechanic will end up
2: working out throughout the course of the campaign. I love the concept and the idea. and. If it plays out how I'm envisioning it, it's gonna be really cool and thematic. And I the sake you know, of the you know, Nate, I love the story being told by the card. So I think Do you wanna
3: is, do you wanna quickly explain the partner mechanic, uh, base?
2: Um, well it says in the article that you're gonna be accompanied by a number of members of your expedition team. So they're asset cards that are kind of like bonus allies and then you have to keep them safe. Uh, and or sane and because once you lose them you lose them forever and they're going to be key to the certain story points within the campaign so as you lose them they're going to affect how the story develops and expands so I have a feeling that they're going to play some major roles that some of them are going to have some some dark secrets or maybe even um, turn into something else other than what they are uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see how these branch out. And I'm hoping that they have like multiple branching storylines that depending on who is still in the group versus who is not in effect in which direction the story goes. So I, I have high hopes for this mechanic. It, it Right now it looks like it has a lot of potential. And
4: once again, talking about the limiting cards that you can get in the mythos pack, well, there's already nine different partners that they've shown. They may have more, I don't know, but once again, that would be nine cards that would take up a Mythos pack, or you've got to sprinkle them through, and you would know in that case that all right. So if we look at uh, who we got here, we've got uh, we've got uh, James Cookie Fred- uh, Fredericks. If he crops up in a particular mythos pack, you know you're going to use him then. Whereas if you've got them at the very beginning of the game, you never know when they're going to come in. Maybe they're a mountain man that you need to unveil at some point in your journey, but you won't know that because you get all those cards at the beginning, which leaves a lot for you to investigate, a lot for you
0: to explore, which really excites me. Yeah, me too. I like sort of the unknown aspect of of the partner mechanic in this regard because it also I would assume that you're probably going to be recruiting them like you're gonna kind of be like leading an expedition so you're gonna be picking out a couple of fellow partners to accompany you and you know i would assume that those choices are gonna have some pretty dramatic effects on the actual story of the campaign which is really cool so i'm super excited for this campaign i haven't felt like this genuinely excited for a campaign in quite a while um I wasn't the biggest fan of Dream Eaters like I really liked the idea behind the two interlocking campaigns but overall just felt a little too clunky for my liking and I didn't mind Innsmith, but I, I just I just wasn't super excited for it personally it just felt sort of like inevitable that we would go to InSmith. and this campaign sort of felt inevitable too but I think with the combination of the new distribution model and overall just more exciting player card design, which we haven't really even discussed, like some of the new player cards that are becoming out that look pretty interesting. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just more exciting, more excited for this campaign than I have been in quite some time. So
2: you guys hear me or is this another one of those (laughs) long silences? Just a long awkward, okay, awkward good. pause. Yeah. This, oh, thank God! I thought I thought, my, <laughs> I thought a
4: kangaroo had chewed through my uh, internet cable, thinking it was. This uh, happens once well, in a blue moon. Yeah, yeah,
2: we're yeah. all waiting to to be respectful and let everyone else talk.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's also happens. the the editing table. Hey, Connor. Question for you: How does it feel to have your home country the setting for the Dream Eaters nightmare? Yeah, that's
4: uh, that's that's. An interesting take uh because uh, a lot of the time i wake up and have to sort of uh, scare off lots of different um uh you know nightmare creatures from my front front lawn to get to work so it's uh you know it's 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 quite fitting actually the fact that uh, they've chosen australia to be the the setting but um yeah it's uh, i think uh, if you if you're not a if you're not a big fan of spiders or snakes uh maybe don't come down to australia just just for the time being maybe we can get like a an equivalent of saint patrick to scare off all the snakes from australia <laughs> the same way he did
3: uh in ireland oh look at your book in the shillelagh.
0: oh my goodness but yeah what are your um, what are your guys' thoughts on on the story of at the mountains of madness as far as a campaign
2: goes i i'm really excited for it just like Nate said earlier it's between all the stuff that that's surrounding this release that it, that's not necessarily involving the story, just the change of release model, the new you know investigators that were announced, some card mechanics, all that kind of stuff. It's that alone is already getting me very excited. But there's something about this setting, and then of course the story itself, Mountains of Madness is one of my favorites. So I think it's just a combination of things that really has me excited for it, and seeing this expedition and the you know, you guys asked me about the, um, the expedition team, like that. That alone has that alone has me excited. Without even thinking about the actual story and all that, but um, I'm interested in seeing how they develop the the discovery of the lost city and you know all, all that. If if they do it well, I think it could be a really um, slow burn, but in a good way. You know, mm-hmm. uh, as you're as you're discovering new things, and I think. And you're losing people slowly to maybe natural occurrences, but then there might be just hints of, of the you know supernatural. So I think that if they handle it the way I think that they're going to, I have I have high hopes and uh, confidence that they will treat this one with with a lot of respect as well. I mean, they always do. So um, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to playing this one more than I have in a long time, more than probably since Forgotten Age. Yeah, I, there seems to be quite a
0: few parallels to this campaign to Forgotten Age in a way. I mean, we're getting Hamburger Jack that was confirmed by, <laughs> I believe, a Spanish post. What, I, I think it was a Spanish post. But, Los Arteos, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so they revealed uh, Hamburger Jack and the other investigator that I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, But they also revealed that there's going to be frost tokens, so the weather... Is going to be a big factor as um as the campaign progresses mechanically speaking, which is interesting to see. You know, we don't have a lot of information about how it's going to function, but there are a couple of locations that seem to either add frost tokens or um or interact with them in some in some fashion, whether it's like you add them when you fail a skill test or when the location's revealed, you add frost tokens. I'd be curious to see how that develops and uh, how much of a nuisance that is, or if it's just going to feel like uh, putting horror tokens on locations in Curtain Call.
2: I don't I don't think they'll just do it that way. I think they've learned with Forgotten Age with the supply tokens. I think that they're going to do something interesting. And with between that and the expedition, it just feels big. You know, like it feels like it feels like the story is is very big in scope compared to InSmith or Dream Eaters, you know, even though Dream Eaters is a, you know, world shattering possibility of, of events and same with Dun- Dunwich, something about this and, and Forgotten Age did too, in, in a way, just feels really big, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I I think I would agree. And that's part of why I like TFA so much is that it feels like a campaign, whereas so many of the other campaigns just kind of feel like, I guess, like a series of events you know, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like there's a much broader scope than the things that are kind of happening immediately. But I've always felt the TFA just was, did so well in presenting its scope to you immediately with like yes. the, the expedition and how Alejandro kind of is playing a double agent, but you don't know for who and who like the motives of each talk Like, There's a lot of moving pieces narratively that are really interesting and I'll be curious to see how it unfolds in the mountains of madness. Cause there's so much potential in the story. Like, like vase, is one of my favorites too. So.
4: Yeah. I mean, th- thematically of all the cycles, TFA is by far my favorite. Uh, and I think the, you know, if you look at it from the whole package, the fact that it was set where it was, the types of cards you got, the investigators you got with them. They're some of my favorite investigators to come out. I mean, uh, Finn and and Leo and things like that. They're some of my my favourite ones. Don't forget Matteo. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) Father Matteo, you know, he's just an absolute gun. So uh, I think the fact that you are similar to TFA, as you said, you're actually going out on an expedition. Who knows if you'll return the same way you did with The Forgotten Age. Uh, I really like that and having to, you know, physically go back to the same spot and then obviously, you know, with the mechanics that came later in the game about you returning to previous scenarios. I think that's a really, really cool touch and it will be interesting to see if they do something similar um, uh, with the, the edge of the earth. But I think it lends itself more to continually delving deeper into these hidden cities or forgotten cities or lost cities and then eventually un- unveiling more. And I think having the new, we keep touching on the new uh, you know uh, production model is that they can afford now to have a shorter scenario. Maybe they won't stick with, uh, you know, the the the, the normal eight uh, that they have. They might only they might have more, they might have less, uh, and they might have a shorter one because, you know, you've uncovered a cave-in or something along those lines. So it's, you know, the, the whole scenario is you're getting out of the cave and, and what you uncover in the cave. So I'm really, really excited where they go from a story point of view. It excites me just as it does with TFA, And the fact that uh, we get to go on another expedition, it
2: just really uh, tickles my brain in the right way. And um, I want to just kind of touch back real quick on something you said earlier, Connor, about the opening up the design space. You mentioned a a kind of a missed opportunity with investigators uh, not being able to get their signature cards with uh, higher level versions of them. Right. That is something that I had never considered. And that that is such an awesome idea. I really hope the designers kind of hear this and listen to your idea, because that's something that could be really interesting as like an additional expansion pack, Uh, you know, again, they have like so much potential for things they can release in between the large releases. Now they don't have to just do mythos packs or standalones. Now they can do really cool additional products that are interesting, like An expansion of leveled up investigator signature cards or something or you know uh, customizable signature cards that are that can be used by investigators who are guardians or something like that you know like those and they can replace your your current investigator signature card i think that would be a really interesting thing that and you touched on it and i i i feel like it's something worth exploring a little bit further yeah
3: when you you build out you build out instead of necessarily go deep,, uh, I think it's great. I think Carolyn Fern the botanist can finally have her fish and chips <laughs> upgrade now, um, I think that that's really smart, and when you said that, it made me think of having like a mystic upgrade you know thing, so you'd have different different upgrades for all the mystics that have been out so far, so it could be like mystics upgrade volume one or something I don't know. I right, wouldn't think exactly. you'd want to do i I wouldn't think you'd want to do all of them so far because how many is that? like five times it's like 30 35 investigators you don't want to come out with
2: right 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 i
3: i wouldn't assume that many plus this way you could also stretch it out a little bit hit everybody over time but also take the time to design stuff and not be forced to rush to do it but mm-hmm. anyway yeah cool concept i just like and, and you know most of the investigators
4: have a an, an off class so you could really use that with the upgrade. So, for example, with Roland, you know, does he does he discover a a new type of, of, of bullet that's going to be super effective against monsters that lets him upgrade uh, his signature weapon? Does, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of someone else, does Akichi, you know, does she become more experienced in the ways of the occult and then her signature asset becomes more valuable to her? And I think that what that allows them to do is make, because they're signature assets and some of them are permanents, it allows the designers to make things more punishing because as you go along, you've got more powerful cards and you want that to be offset by the more punishing scenarios. So maybe even, you know, perhaps in future return to boxes, they have the upgraded assets, uh, which I think would encourage more people to purchase them rather than just having, uh, you know, upgraded scenario cards. I know they already have upgraded uh, uh, cards from the cycle in them too, but that's just another enticement for those people to, to be able to pick those up.
0: Well, when we get return to return to TFA, we better get a, a blowgun. That's all I'm going to say. So, <laughs> Okay. Hell yeah. I'm on board with that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But I'm also curious to see what you guys think about the recent, very recent announcement of the new print and play parallel investigator, Roland Banks. Now, this was kind of another sudden article sort of out of left field but yeah we have the parallel version of roland banks and the accompanying scenario by the book um oh, yeah man from lang you had discussed uh the new parallel investigator on your youtube channel and um you seem to have some pretty interesting thoughts about roland
1: yeah, I think the. Uh, I mean, I, I quite like what they did. Uh, I think it sounds like Jeremy Zoran was the the designer who took the lead on this, and I think that he, you know, they've they've been pretty conservative as far as uh, designing the parallel investigators. They've tinkered a little bit with their special abilities, and then changed up their their deck building options a little. And and of course, they've provided the uh, the advanced versions of the signature cards, so you get a slightly more powerful. Uh, signature asset event etc and then a slightly uh, worse uh, signature weakness but it feels like uh, with roland he really uh swung for the fences and uh, decided to i mean besides just changing up his special ability you get an entirely new mechanic in the uh in his uh the name escapes me here for the moment what they're called. Directives, the uh, I think. directives. Yeah, directives, yeah. So he gets, you know, they you've got five directives, you've got to pick three at the start of a campaign uh to play with. And then uh they sort of change up how Roland plays. You like there's the one that gives him an additional ally. And all of the directives have have a regulation which sort of is a is a restriction on uh on Roland And so I think it's, uh, I mean, it, it, he certainly, uh, saw an opening for some design space and, and went for it and really, uh, uh, changed rolling up uh, a lot more dramatically than I ever expected him to. I mean, between the, the directives and then the, uh, um, the new deck building options and the additional bonus of five experience points on top of everything else. Um, usually when they, uh, when they release these parallel investigators, it's pretty easy for me to just to sit on Arkham DB for a few minutes and, and sort of put together a deck. But when it came to Roland, man, it took me, um, I threw together something, but I, I wasn't entirely happy with it. Cause it just felt like the, 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 uh, Jeremy's design just created so many different ways of approaching Roland that, uh, to To sort of boil it all down in a matter of hours was was pretty difficult, and you know the article did say that uh you know this parallel version of roland is is really a puzzle to be figured out, and I think that uh I think that players will have a lot of fun unraveling uh some of that puzzle as uh as the weeks and months progress now I haven't had a chance to play the the uh, the uh challenge scenario yet. But uh, the one thing that does kind of um uh in hindsight when i when I look back on on the stuff I said about Roland, I know in the article they talked about you know uh, Jeremy was trying to sort of make a lot of um cards that were underplayed valuable again, and uh cards like handcuffs and interrogation and and stuff like that and and I think that's a that's an interesting approach. I know games have tried to do this in the past where they'll release cards that that maybe don't hit the mark the first time around and then they they will publish um cards that sort of fix them or encourage players to play them uh later so i'm looking forward to to giving those a try i'm i'm a little um concerned about about some of them um like a lot of the cards uh when i was looking at Roland's list a lot of the sort of survivor and rogue cards that he does have access to um, survivors and rogues weren't really playing them. So I'm not too sure why Roland would want to, but we'll see. I mean, that's the, that's the fun of these parallel investigators is it's a, it's a, a big shift in their deck building. And I think Roland is, is, uh, probably a bigger shift than, um, I was expecting. And I think a lot of players were probably very surprised to see just how dramatically, um, he was uh changed around
0: yeah it's almost a shame that um like not not to say that this isn't cool but it's like a kind of a shame because i i have this hunch that they're you know these are going to be print and play forever and i really like the idea of the directive so it's kind of disappointing to me that we won't really ever see this probably in physical form ever
5: yeah
1: I agree with you that's that's the biggest problem with these as far as I'm concerned. The biggest problem with these print and play investigators is that you know the day they're released or the day after you know I put out a video about hey, we've got this new print and play investigator. I sit down, build a deck, play the challenge scenario, and then never look at it again because I don't have uh it's just like they're they're not real almost you know it's like I play with them for a day and then I almost completely forget that they actually exist and so they always trip me up later when, you know, I sit down and review a card or something and somebody will say, well, that's a great card for parallel skids. I'm like, Oh yeah. Parallel skids exists. Right. (laughs) And so it's going to be the same with, with Roland, I'm sure. Like they'll release cards and I'll be like, well, this card kind of stinks and they'll be like, yeah, but parallel Roland loves it. I'm like, all right. Parallel Roland.
0: Yeah. I have the same same call the main
3: perpendicular. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and, and I mean, if you if, and I think if you play in, you know, if you go to I just don't see myself printing them off, I guess, is the thing. Like if I was to go to if they ever have, you know, Arkham Knights again or something like that, I don't think I would ever print off, you know, parallel Roland and sleeve him up and bring him to a game. I just I, I wouldn't do that. So, you know, would, you, would sure you feel like you're would, cheating? No, no, I wouldn't feel like I was cheating. I would just forget about him. Uh, there's just so many other investigators to play that that having to you know print out an investigator cut out all the all the cards you know go through all the work to to sleeve it up and stuff like that i just i'd probably just forget he exists and and move on so i really do hope that at some point in the future perhaps when we get you know they've the parallel investigators they've released so far have all been from the core set and so i assume that uh, wendy adams will be the next parallel investigator that we see at some point down the line i really do hope that they they create a product where they you know print off these you know give you uh, official versions of these cards and uh, so you can sit down and and play these scenarios because i you know the the scenarios themselves are are quite interesting i found they're quite uh, a lot of them are quite challenging it's nice to see them take an old scenario, like I think in the case of By the Book, Jeremy's taken um, the Midnight Masks and, and and changed it to, you know, transform uh, how the cultists work and how you defeat them and stuff like that. And so that's, you know, that's pretty interesting. And it would be nice to have, you know, physical products for those. So you could um, say if everybody at the table wanted to create parallel investigators and then run a campaign and then as part of the campaign you you say okay well we have to do the challenge scenario for each of the investigators as part of this campaign i think that would be
2: a lot of fun to do
5: Mm. yeah
2: that'd be cool Um, you know man from lang you mentioned um how people find it fun to try and figure out the the new investigator especially one like like the new roland right how it's like a puzzle to solve did you guys see on reddit there was a user uh to give proper credit bernard chase on the arkham reddit which i don't visit too often but when roland was released i'm like let me see what they have to say about it he figured out a way for roland to survive the uh, curtain call 100 horror at the end if you don't succeed or if the agenda advances you guys see that
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They uses like um beloved and spirit and armor. armor. Yeah, enchanted <laughs> armor. Just Dude, t-
2: it's so crazy. It's funny that you can actually pull something like that off because then you you're left without a an agenda <laughs> and you actually survive the horror. Well, I, think horror I
1: know I was kicking myself after I did my video because you know they, they had mentioned, you know, that some of the directives would make handcuffs playable. And, uh, and I didn't talk about it in the video and, and somebody did mention, you know, oh, handcuffs has great synergy with these, with these couple directives. And, and honestly, I, you know, I, I think handcuffs were released in the depths of Yoth and I haven't looked at them since. And, uh, so I went back and looked at them and, and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a cool idea. It's a neat idea, but it also takes a really long time to, to pull off. so. I'm curious to see whether the time it takes to sort of pull off this, this combo is, is, is going to be worth the effort. I'm, I'm definitely wouldn't put myself as the, the combo player. So uh, I tend to avoid those uh, getting too fancy like that, but we'll see.
4: Yeah, no, I, I haven't actually played with any of them yet purely because of, of what you were talking about and from Lang is that they don't, I guess they don't actually exist because I don't have them in, in physical copy. We've already seen that the, the that Fantasy Flight are happy to release you know, a novel with an advanced investigator or a, a prior investigator that's just had their key asset or their, their signature cards changed around and, and signature weakness. I, I don't understand why they wouldn't do something similar. They, they, it doesn't have to be. It could be, like you said, a pack that's got all the core parallel investigators in there, similar to what we were talking about with maybe an upgraded pack. The upgraded assets i don't i don't see why they can't combine the, the both of them you know have an upgraded or caught you know the parallel experience and have upgraded asset cards and the different asset cards along with the same the same lines so I, I think I would be more than willing to play with a parallel investigator if there was a physical product that they provided me with And that's just me being a lazy
3: sod and not wanting to print them no off no stuff, no yeah. no you're I think you're on the right track and I had a quote unquote epiphany. Coming from a retail perspective, because I couldn't help but think, how cool would it be after they come out with the was it Wendy Parallel, right? If they come out with an official Parallel Arkham box for the for the kind of for the core box, but it wouldn't be a new core box. It would just be like you know Arkham Parallel, Dunwich, or or whatever you want to call it, or or Knight of the Zealot. And it could be a box that's kind of inverted colors, like the colors are all twisted, almost like yeah, tails from the yeah, dark yeah, side yeah. or something, right? And it would have the parallel investigators. It would have additional concepts for upgrading their assets or their, or their weakness or whatever. And it would have maybe, I don't know if anyone here is old enough to have done this or played similar, but a long time ago there was Zork, you know, the old Muds. And then there was a return to Zork, where you go back and everything is similar, but it's different. So you could go back to the Night of the Zealot core box or to the woods or to the town. And it's not just a little different like they did with the return Twos, but like things have happened. There's been there's now somebody else in town, you know, going off the heels of what happened before. There's uh, a copycat going around doing something similar. I'm not going to give anything away just in case any of our listeners haven't played the first scenario. Don't want to have any spoilers. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, if you had a a cool mechanic where it's just a little more than a return to, like a parallel adventure, along with the, the actual printed parallel investigators and some upgrades, oh, dude, I could sell that all day long without trying.
0: Well, it just kind of makes sense, right? Like they're spending time and resources like obviously doing development for these so it just kind of makes sense that they would release them at some point i think it's just a matter of when or at the very least i think you're right nathan that we will you know we'll see something along the lines of these parallel investigators i think base you had mentioned something like that earlier too so i find that these are really interesting and i hope that we get more of them i'm also hoping that we get more starter decks, as i would like to see this game get more reprints for staple player cards, especially the ones that are in like obscure mythos packs.
2: Mm. Uh, they printed out, they reprinted quite a few staples with the Investigator decks. Uh, they so did. they set a precedent. So, my, you know, there's no reason to think they wouldn't redo it again with other staple cards, right? I'd be curious to see if they would be willing to reprint
0: cards in the Investigator expansion packs that they're going to be coming out with. Um just because they're, it's going to be a full cycles worth of cards I'm curious to see if they'll just kind of stick with the same design philosophy where they you know they maybe do like upgraded versions of previously released cards but um I mean as far as reprints go that's I think that's another kind of topic that will need to be addressed at some point um you know cuz there are players like Connor who can't even really like get mythos packs so if you can't get mythos packs at the very least then they can help you by printing the good player cards out of those mythos packs yeah and when you know you
4: go onto the arkham reddit or you jump onto a a, a facebook group or, or this discord and you see people playing around with these awesome new player cards from a mythos pack that's not going to be released in your country for another four months it makes things really difficult and sort of it it does take away your enthusiasm for the game because you're seeing something there. And unless you want to print it and proxy it yourself, it's not really a lot of fun. And and as someone who I'm lucky, I'm in a space where I'm happy to buy a new product and I'm happy to support fantasy flight. It it does get disappointing when you're sitting here going, I've got money to spend guys. Just, just get the pack here, like get the pack (laughs) here. You can have my hard earned money. So yeah, I I would really like to see more of the, the investigator packs come out because of that ease of play, I think you know, we might be touching on this a little bit later but they're the only cards that I still have bundled together in their original packaging aside from the scenario cards because I want to be able to say, hey, look, I love this game who do you want to play as? Do you want to play as someone to beat someone up? Cool, let's give you, you know, Nathaniel you know, do you want to play as a, as a daredevil? Cool, I got that for you too, so uh, I think there's definitely a space for that to come in uh, as, the, as the product continues to get better and better
0: So what is your favorite aspect of this uh, of this LCG for you, Connor? Um, I know your podcast tends to focus more on board games as a sort of a whole, but obviously something draws you back to Arkham, and I'm just curious as to what it is specifically. My favorite aspect
4: is the fact that it's, it's effectively an RPG in card game form. You build your character up exactly how you want to. There's obviously deck building constructions, which I think make the game even more fun because you're limited to what you can, you know, you can't just have a, uh, you know, if we go back to Roland, you can't just have a police officer that can all of a sudden um, cast spells, you know, from the arcane. You know, he's he's an investigator. He, he looks at common sense until the fact that, you know, he can't help but deal with the occult that he then goes and turns to it. I just love the story aspect. I Actually, you know, as, as much as we sort of poo-pooed the Mythos packs. When they were readily available, you know, you'd buy one and you'd get together on a Friday night. And you'd play a new one. It was just a really fun experience. I love the fact that it can play solo. You can play two-handed solo. You can play, you know, with three players, four players, and then you know, um, with the blob scenario, you can play, uh, you know, the blob that had everything, and and you can play upwards of, of, of however, many, however many you want. That that aspect really really draws me to the game. But I think what I just love the most is, is experimenting with different combinations, seeing how they go. Uh, it might be blasphemous, but sometimes what I'll do is I'll start a scenario, realise that this isn't working, and then reset it and try it again. I just look at it as a one giant puzzle that I love to solve, and, and you know, how far can I take this really, you know, inept character through a a, a situation, a campaign that they're nowhere near developed enough to be able to to complete. Will they go insane? Will they, you know, give their give the kid their life to stop the uh to stop the great unknown? That aspect just I love. I really, really love this game. And I have said it on the on our podcast before, it is my favorite game of all time. And I can't see it being unseated because of the amount of replayability it has, the depth that the game has itself, and the fact that you You know, now there's so much content available for it. You've got so many investigators that can be constructed in different ways. Yeah, you can argue there's an optimal way to build each investigator, but that's not what's important to me. What's important is you're developing a character and then seeing them through to the end of this campaign.
3: Yeah, so it's won the bracket battle for life. Yeah. Hey, also, uh, we didn't touch on this, and I apologize. How is it for you reading the cards in English when you speak Australian? Like, Do you have to go through a process where you're looking terms up? Do you do some kind of Rosetta Stone to prep? Uh, I have I have
4: a, a cipher that I use to make sure all my comments will make sense. So, like a serial
3: um, decoder ring type yeah, thing. Yeah,
4: that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much along the lines. Does of
3: Does it deal that. with drinking more Ovaltine?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Ovaltine's not massive. It's Milo. Milo's what you want. Milo's the king's drink down here. It's you know,
3: oh, yeah,
4: it's it's uh, it's heaven's nectar. Uh, but uh, that that and of course you know the. Um, maybe Foster's as well, but we don't actually drink Foster's down here. That's I uh, I don't know if you can take it, <laughs> but F- uh, Foster's
0: is that, that exported garbage that you send. Off to other 100% countries. 100%. <laughs> so that's,
4: that's the great tester. If you can stomach that, well, then we'll have you in the country because you can just grab uh, drink. <laughs> <one and all. laughs>
3: hey, a uh, change in topics. Just, I just want to hear people's yay or nay on if they're excited for the, the new unfathomable uh, kind of reskin of, Uh, Battlestar Galactica, I know that a lot of people in the gaming community like social deduction. They liked Battlestar Galactica, but I mean, now in pop culture, Battlestar Galactica is not really that relevant for the most part, but yet, as we've seen, (laughs) there are so many Lovecraftian type games. In general, are you excited? Are you indifferent? Are you not interested at
0: all? Uh, Nate, what do you think? So... I liked the original Battlestar Galactica. Um, I I do like social deduction games, but I find that Battlestar Galactica suffers uh, a few issues. Uh, the first being that if you end up being the Cylon, or in Unfathomable's case, if you end up being a hybrid, uh, if you get found out early, the game is essentially over for you. And there isn't really a whole lot you can do. So I'll be curious to see how they handle that. Um, but overall, I'm kind of remissed by this announcement. I I like I want to be more interested in it just because I, I do like the kind of mechanics of the game. But I, I just don't think this is a game that I could ever really convince my my playgroup to play with me, unfortunately.
2: And from Ling, what are your
0: thoughts? I'm pretty indifferent. I owned the, I owned Battlestar
1: Galactica. I think I played it once and never again, because I just didn't have the people to play it with. So I ended up selling it. And so while I'm, while it's nice, there's a new Arkham Files game. I think this will be one of those that I will pass on because I, I just don't see myself ever being in a situation where I can, where I'll be able to play it with anybody. You know, maybe if, Maybe if you you go to a, like an Arkham Knights event or something like that, I'm sure it'll be played to death at Arkham Knights, and players will have will be setting up pickup games and whatnot. So I might, you no, know, maybe it might be worth learning the rules at least, just in case you know you end up in a situation where there's a bunch of people and, and that's the game they want to play. But personally, I don't have anybody to play that that type of game with, so I won't be won't be getting it. Yeah, I think it probably needs to hit a sweet spot
4: of a if we're looking at a tabletop game where you're not investing a huge amount of time for for the reasons that Nate talked about, if you're the, the hybrid, it could be a whole lot of not fun. But uh if they can hit that sweet spot of it sort of being an in-between game of, you know, all oh, right, I'm I've got, you know, forty five minutes an hour to burn, let's jump on and do this, especially if you already know the rules. And then as long as there's something to cover that aspect of, uh, I've oh, no, I've been uncovered, what can I do now? You know, they're going to let you shift, uh, maybe shift to, to recruit another person to be another hybrid or, or things like that, and they don't know. So if there's a bit of cloak and dagger involved, it could be a bit of fun. But uh, look, it's definitely not on my radar as much as some other games are. Uh, but uh, I'm excited to see what they do for it. I think Battlestar Galactica was one of those old classic games So I'm probably in the same same boat as uh, as Nate, and I'm laying in that I'm a bit meh with it all, but uh, not not overly negative.
3: The question, oh, go ahead. I never played
2: Battlestar Galactica. Is that a game that had expansions, or was just it it was okay? Mm
3: -hmm. Daybreak, Um, Pegasus, and Exodus.
2: Yes, yes, of course. So, um, I my thoughts on this one. I I love the design like the box art as well as the the font and just the design of it looks really attractive to me. Um, but it, I seem to be um, seeing a lot of the same responses in the community, at least the Arkham yeah. community, just very tepid about it. Um, one thing that does have me excited is the idea of having some brand new investigators. So even though they're, the, the story takes place before the stories of Arkham Horror, the card game, Who's to say these investigators won't show up in the card game? So I think it does kind of give a little bit of a hint for the future of Arkham Horror the card game in terms of at least... Jay does um, like doing that. Yeah, and, and the thing is, they're coming close to, you know, going through the the entire list of 50-something investigators that are already available, so they they are definitely... You know they're already coming up with, with new ones, and this is probably going to be a sneak peek into at least some of the ones that we're gonna get for Arkham Horror. So in, in terms yeah. of that, it has me excited. But I never played Battlestar Galactica, so I, I have no opinion on this one. Well
1: you know, I it, can it, say one of the okay. best
2: one of the best things about the game is that Father
1: Mateo is not a playable investigator. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um
2: All right. man. Oh, you're saying because he, he wouldn't five stars for me automatically just because of that. <laughs> you're saying because he he it is undeserving, okay, for him to be in a, a garbage game or a game that wow. is subpar, right? Wow, you're, you're really
3: reaching it? for this one, aren't
2: you?
3: <laughs> well, they said that they were going to take some of the mechanics from Battlestar Galactica and put a different spin on them and like new mechanics. Like, I think it would be cool. I think Nate had brought this up and Connor agreed that if you get found out early, there's not much you can do. But what if you could do like a suicide mission? Like if you're found out and there's basically no way of doing something, you could just off yourself and then get a random, possibly corrupted, possibly not character, but also have some kind of impact on the rest of the mission. I mean, that makes you know, sense. if it, if it happens right away, kind of
2: thing, yeah. Um, one thing, now that you mentioned the uh, the secret identity thing, um, even though I'm not familiar with the game, it seems to me it's it's similar to this Among Us thing that's become very yeah. popular. Yeah, so I think that's that's possibly why they're releasing this reskinned to kind of capitalize on the popularity of Among Us. So that might be a if yeah. if they market it properly, it could inject some more. Uh, people into the fan base for the Arkham Files games so I like that too
0: yeah I think like the biggest thing mechanically about Battlestar Galactica at least from from my experience and a bit of a fun fact is I actually got to play test the Pegasus expansion when I interned at FFG but, um, but my biggest gripe with that game was that there was some really awesome moments when you're like finding out who the Cylon is and You know like all those really awesome social moments that happen in the game but so much of the game often just kind of ends up being like you go to the ship and make a repair something happens and you do this and a lot of the game is just kind of this monotonous task completion versus like actual interesting social deduction so i think the best way to make unfathomable a better game is just to make it shorter and make it yeah. a condensed experience versus, versus Battlestar Galactica. Cause that game would last like almost four hours sometimes. So,
3: or at least have two modes, right?
2: Yeah. Monopoly mode. And what else? yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, very quick story. I have to share this because base, this will give you just a tiny insight into the world of, uh, I played Battlestar Galactica for the first time with a, a group of veteran Battlestar Galactica players, like there was five other people and they all just knew it inside and out. So I kept on asking one of them to my right, like I was the trader from the get go. But I was like, okay, what should I do? How can I help? You know, whatever. Am I doing the right thing? You know, and she's like, No, you're doing fine, you're doing fine. And it got to the point where the ship was about to blow up and we were running out of food and running out of energy. And then she turns to me and she's like, Okay you know you've been doing good but like this is the moment where your ability to save us all and like fix the ship as the mechanic this is when you need to flip your card and do it and i'm like but why would i do that why would i save everybody when in fact you're all dead to me and i flip my card over oh, oh it was so good like uh, i can remember it to this day it was so good so if i can have a similar moment and be the cultist and let go of the rope that's holding you from the waves or if i can like do that final like sacrificial dagger stab. I mean, I think there could be some love there, but uh, I hear what everybody's saying as far as it feeling different from Arkham and what Connor said and what man from link said, where, you know, you don't have the play group. You don't have the, the the gumption to do it. You can't do it solo. I mean, I get that too. So it's going to have its niche. It's going to be at cons. It's going to be fun, but I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of changes they've made.
0: Yeah, I'm curious, too. I, I really do like Battlestar Galactica, despite my few gripes with it. But I'll be curious to see what Unfathomable does with the base of Battlestar Galactica. And hopefully it improves upon that initial game, because I, I think there is a lot of potential there. Like you said, Nathan, it's a great con game. It's a great game that you could, um, you know, you could bring to a friend's house and play for a couple hours and have that like really awesome experience like nathan was saying where you like you have this big reveal moment of aha i got you you're all dead to me now suckers that's like one of the best moments in gaming i think personally um but moving on i did want to briefly mention the recent arkham horror novel came out of the devourer below i don't know if you guys uh keep up with any of the other media releases but uh, the Devourer Below is a collection of uh, short essays that are kind of compilated in order, in chronological order. And it tells the story of The Gathering and the subsequent scenarios from the, the, the corpox campaign. And I started reading, I uh, actually read a couple of chapters of it uh, earlier today, and it's pretty good i gotta say if you're a fan of the story of arkham i would really highly recommend picking up the devourer below
2: it's 320 pages that's that's a big book
0: yeah um it does come with an excerpt of one of the other arkham books at the end so it's really like 270 ish pages but it's pretty well written and to give you a brief uh Spoiler for the first part, you're introduced to Leo DeLuca right from the get go, and you follow yes. Leo DeLuca for a couple chapters. So, I mean, come so on. So everyone
2: who talks to him gets an extra action yes. in the story? Yes. yes. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. The cover is really cool. Oh, it's amazing really. with, the, with the deer head
0: and the antlers. Yeah. And the, oh, it's it's you know, Awesome.
2: You know what it reminds me of? You know, the D&D books, uh, the alternate cover D&D books. Have you guys seen those? Yes. What's the um, I forget what the artist's name is, but it reminds me of that guy's art. Mm,
0: yeah, it's very oh. similar art style. And it has like the sort of like art deco, uh, like font and uh, sort yeah. of like patterns around on the outside of it. It's
2: it's really well done. Well, yeah. do you know if it's going to be like a soft cover or is it going to be like a because it's so thick is it going to be like the Investigators of Arkham like that style of hard hardback or is it going to be
0: No, so all the Aconite books are soft cover, um which you can find either on their website, which I'll link in the show notes, or um you can find them online through Amazon or whatever Barnes and Noble, whatever retailer you want to use. Um but yeah, I mean they're they're great little buys. They're like $10 U.S., whatever that is in your currency. I think they're like 15 bucks in Canada. But, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great little read if you like the story of Arkham. I'd also recommend Mask of Silver as well, which uh, the brief synopsis for that story is uh, a, a movie is being shot in Arkham, and uh, the, the head actress ends up seeing the man in the palette mask. And it tells the story of her having visions of the Mask of Silver. It's pretty good. So I would recommend, if you are a big fan of the stories, to pick the books up and give them a read.
2: Another cool cover, that Mask of Silver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has that like, movie the... poster theme. It's cool. Yeah, it's really neat. Oh, man, and the reaction, like one girl with that horrified look. It's mm-hmm. perfect.
3: Actually, I'm sorry. I just found out some information Connor, you son of a bitch. Is it your birthday today? It actually is my birthday today. Oh, what? Happy birthday. I just found okay, out. You. That's hilarious. Oh, no. Let's not do the unfathomable. Happy <laughs> birthday, Connor. <laughs> I kind of feel uh, kind of duped like an unfathomable or whatever that uh, you didn't tell us that. You should have started off like a little child, by the way, everybody. Just want to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, Let's all go to our back. Uh, just a
5: little
2: something, a something man. <laughs> I, we, I wish exactly. we'd have known. We would have brought the kazoo out and sang "Happy Birthday" with you, <laughs> <A>
4: magician's <laughs> no, birthday. Sorry, I, no, no kazoo's necessary. It's
2: fun. Uh, <laughs> well, I happy birthday, Connor. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for joining special. us on your birthday. And that's hey, our community spotlight, away.
3: right? Like it's everybody's ca- trying to give him cake and everything, and like he's like doing this podcast, and they're like, "Well, just wait for him," and they're like, the cat, the the candles are like. Going out and people are just like checking their phones and like waiting for him to get done with the podcast.
4: And that could be the next uh, the next novella setting, the guy waiting for his birthday and he just never comes. Where's he go? You gotta investigate uh, <laughs>
0: Uh, so Nathan, what do you have on the agenda for the community spotlight this episode? Yeah,
3: we want to do the rap with community spotlight and then roll into trivia. Yes. We call this bad boy done. That
0: sounds like a plan to me, sir. Hey,
2: you're I'm gonna getting, rap uh, for Connor's birthday? Inappropriate. Oh,
3: this
4: is the best present <laughs>
2: ever. As long, Wait.
4: as long as you rap with your Australian accent, that's what
3: you. No, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's been horrible. I actually have a better Australian accent, but I haven't been doing it because I'm cursed apparently. I must be doing parallel Nathan uh, podcaster today. I thought it which was, does uh, have a, a lower. I thought
4: I thought I was this was being hosted by Hugh Jackman. Actually, that's sort of the vibe I was
3: getting. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that was? Uh, I get that a lot. Uh, so, uh, simply put, community spotlight uh, for those of you that are on Facebook. Uh, there is the wonderful large Facebook group called Arkham Horror the Card Game. Um, I wanted to do kind of a a more community-based route and a a positive group. So I've made a group called Arkham Horror, uh, LCG, the Society of Lighthouse Keepers. So if you put in Arkham Horror and Lighthouse or Keepers, it'll it'll probably pop up. Uh, Simply put, I want to be doing some things going forward, uh, helping each other, coming out with quick start instructions that we can send out to people that are struggling Uh, it's, it's more of a forum for people to express their ideas and not necessarily get squashed. Um, but also I want to do some charity work and I want to raise some money worldwide and be a force of good because I think there's a lot of really amazing people in general, in the world that game and from what I've seen in the in our community and the the Arkham Horror community so there's going to be more and more opportunities coming up but if anybody wants to feel free to jump in the group and make it even more special Uh, that is what I wanted to do a plug on for that. Now as far as trivia, uh, Nate if you want to start the music on the edit Today we're going to have Uh, The following categories, we're going to have icons on the cards. We're going to have not quotes necessarily, but subtitles of cards. You know how they have the title up top, and then they've got the little subtitle there. Mm
5: -hmm. Uh,
3: In addition, we're going to be doing um, actual quotes on cards. And then finally, we have a special category uh, that deals with... um, one item in the game, and that'll be the, uh, mystery category, which I'll let you pick only up to the first half of the trivia contest. So here we go. Going into the first round, Connor, I'm going to go ahead and let you, uh, pick since, uh, you've been very quiet for the last many episodes that we've recorded. So why don't you go ahead and tell us if you want to do icons, uh, subtext or quotes.
4: Look, I might, uh, you know, because I, English is my second language after Australian. I struggle to read the cards sometimes, but the icons I find pretty easy. So, uh, you know, I might go with the icons.
3: Okay, so the next time you can just say icons. So, be, <laughs> but it's your birthday. I'm going to give it to you. So icons it is. Uh, here we go. Icons. Intel report, which is a favor and a service. Green card. What are the icons? You intellect Intel icons. Schools? yeah all man. right man man from Lang with a point almost cut- kind of cut me off as I was <laughs> uh, that's fine man from Lang, let's go ahead and do uh the next one. What's the next category for you
5: um, I don't know quotes I guess
3: all right, going with the resounding solid pick. what if you are the cat black what cat? if what if
5: you are the cat? Not a bad guess. cat, No, no, you can't just repeat the quote. You've got to mm-hmm. actually pick a card. Uh, stray cat?
3: Hey, stray cat. Any other final guesses before I tell you? You're going to kick yourself. Miss Doyle? Ooh, all good guesses, honestly. Uh, curiosity. Curiosity was the answer. Let's go ahead and go with Nate. Since oh, I the get last it, because it guessed. killed the cat.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, that's rude. Continue. <laughs> Nate, category.
0: Uh, I'll pick subtext.
3: Subtext. Alright. She is known as a tough old bird. Granny horn? Point. Man from Lang. Hitting two. Damn. <sighs> yeah, well, you know, Venmo is a thing. Uh, <laughs> man from Lang. Next category.
1: Uh. Let's go with sub quotes again.
3: Subtext. Yeah. Well, there's two different ones. Subtext or quote?
5: Subtext.
3: Subtext. All right. Here we go. Over the threshold and beyond. Think five, uh, five experience card. Powerful. Over the threshold and beyond.
5: Narcotic manuscripts,
3: spell uh, spell the first word,
0: Nate. P N A K O T I C. I don't know if
3: it's right, it wasn't the right card. I just want to see
0: if you can do it. Anybody
3: yeah,
0: but... else? Have a go? Unbelievable. <laughs> I've experienced one card. If I spelled it right, do I get a point?
3: All right, no more human <laughs> centipede questions. It is, in fact, the seal of the seventh sign.
2: Uh, I was going to say Connor. seal of the elder sign. I would have gotten so close.
3: Eh, all right, Connor. What's the next category? Call yourself a mystic
2: player, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't play that card.
3: I love that card. I, I don't think I would have gotten it right. Uh, icons. Connor. Icons. 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 All right, icons. Uh, time warp.
5: One wild One icon? icon.
3: You and two Vader wild the icons. <laughs> hey, anybody else?
1: Uh, willpower icon. Okay,
3: the answer is, in fact, no icons. All right, what? vase. Vase, next one.
2: Uh, let's go with quotes. I like the quotes.
3: You like the quotes? This is a long one, but it's from the base core game. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of a black seas of infinity. Drone to and the it, flame? Not... Okay. First of all, we already are competing with one of the better podcasts out there. You don't have to evoke Peter and Frank, all right? They already listen. All right, Nate. That was Frank and Peter. Oh, it's Peter and Frank. All right, what? Nate, next category you got to correct with uh, Drawn to the Flame.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I'll go with Icons. Icons. Tooth of Etsy.
5: Agility,
2: one intellect. I believe it's agility. One. One, one, agility, one intellect. One willpower. One willpower is correct, Nate.
3: All right. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, no, not ding, ding, ding. The sound that the uh, trapdoor makes in in uh, Zelda has just happened. The special category is now available. Man from Lang, you get to pick the next category.
1: I'll take the special category.
3: I I literally picked you because I didn't think you would pick it. <laughs> all right, all right, here we go. Um, so this is fascinating. The card is Scroll of Secrets, and it has both the Seeker and Mystic tr- uh, because it's a dual class card. It has both classes for two points. Can anyone describe what makes the actual dedicated cards? different than the main picture. Is it the uh, background? Ooh.
5: The, the color
3: of the glowing. Color thing
1: on the scroll.
3: Okay, hold on one second. Connor, what did you say?
1: I said the background image. Okay,
3: background image. Thank you. And then Man from Langley, you said?
1: It's the color of the band on the scroll,
3: I believe. Ah, so close. So close. Nate?
0: It's the, the color of the text glows a different color on the Mystic
2: and the secret ones.
3: Okay. And Vase, um, did you have a comment? Uh,
2: I think something with the scroll case is a different color, but I don't, I can't remember.
3: Fantastic. So you and Connor are wrong. Although I will give Connor more <laughs> points because I can almost guarantee he's had more Vegemite than you have. Uh, when in fact, the answer is the scroll for Scroll of Secrets Mystic is glowing internally. So the script is and I guess I'm going to give this to man from Lang. Uh, so you're each going to share one point. It has a wax seal, which is more of a pronounced red than kind of a ruddy red. So I will go ahead and give you each one point for that. Good job. Uh, that was a hard one. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do any of these. Uh, vase, because you have zero points. Why don't you go ahead and pick the next category?
2: Um, I'm going to – is the special category still open?
3: Uh, depends if you have tartar sauce for your fish and chips.
2: <laughs> nope i don't
3: uh special categories closed
2: oh damn it okay so we're gonna go with uh, subtext
3: subtext all right here we go circumstances beyond your control hmm. this oh, is a the... weakness this is a weakness circumstances beyond your control
2: is it a basic weakness
3: it's the tower it is, a, it is the tower yes so base, base you are correct nate you get the points all right, Nate, what? pick the next category.
0: Man, I am so good at this game. Uh, uh, let's do quotes. Are you though? Are you though?
3: Quotes. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Unassuming doesn't mean you're unprepared. Versatile. Correct. Oh yes. my god. <laughs> I okay. It. I knew it was a rogue card. I knew it. I smell a rat here. You <laughs> say? Did you say, a, did you say I... a rogue card? It's neutral.
0: I say this too. Sorry, my bad. You smell I think a rat, think but it's I, have,
2: I have five rats. You know, I feel uh... like Nate and Man from Lang, uh So I was watching Shark Tank the other day, and there was a guy pitching like an implant of a Bluetooth headset into <laughs> his ear, like an actual, you go under anesthesia and have this thing implanted. I feel like you guys had something like that done with Arkham information. Because he's not even done asking questions, and you got the answer. It doesn't make any sense to me.
3: So um for the next one let's go ahead and do icons uh catastrophe.
0: two wild icons
3: correct all right connor there is one each for quote subtext and icon let's go with quote let's go with quotes on this one plant
5: dendromorphosis
3: that is correct botanist. Who, <laughs> who said dendromorphosis i did that is a point for man from Lang. All right. Uh Man from Lang. Your last two quotes are subtext or icon? Subtext. I knew you were gonna say that. Uh stealing time. Uh gold pocket watch. As correct. Wow. Last category, uh icons. Here's the quote. Well, actually, uh, this is interesting. Actually, We'll go ahead and do this as a two-parter. This is worth two points. Uh, You can aim for either one or both. You're trying to get the quote on this, or you're trying to get the icons on this. It is a tactic trick called warning shot. The quote is two letters long, or two letters, two words long. Bang. Two words Um, long. Get back.
1: It's got an agility skill
5: icon, and,
2: yeah, I'm just going to say agility. Okay. Yeah, I think agility is right.
0: Yeah, agility is right. I think it's hold on.
2: Ooh, this is tough. Or it's get back. Or get, get away. Get away, something like that. Oof!
3: Like, in my heart, I want to give everybody points because you really came together as a cohesive podcast. Uh, I, Connor, you didn't really say much. But you, you all came together uh, stay back is the quote, ah, agility and fight, probably because she's shooting a gun. So we have a really close game here. Uh man from length five, Nate six, uh, for seven bonus points. Is it anybody's birthday today? Ah, oh, come on.
4: I, th- I think Connor. you'll find it's my birthday.
3: Oh, Connor. Just, yeah. yeah. And I'll give you a point. Sweet. <laughs> not seven. I'm not going to do that to him. Uh, you all had a good fight. Um, Vase, it's always good to hear you guess. Sometimes you, <laughs> you crush it. Uh, today, unfortunately, was not that day, but watch next time. You'll get it. I'm going to get back to, to
1: cheating. You, need to, you know? need to create a special Father Mateo category just <laughs> for Vase. <laughs>
2: exactly.
3: Oh, I, I really, I should really should will. Listen
2: too. to the man, Nathan.
3: No, I really will, too. That's awesome. Uh, Connor, amazing job. Happy birthday. One point. Man from Lang. Uh, very soundly got six, uh, five points. Nate squeaked by with six points today. Congratulations. That was a tough trivia round for everybody listening at home. I know Chris Silito from By the Same Token really likes to listen to trivia. Actually, I want to say Sub-Zero Joe was recently talking about being a big fan of the trivia too. So uh, thank you for everybody for listening. Um, Connor, it's been an absolute pleasure hosting you on your birthday. You are amazing. You're better than I am but I got to watch it because they will quickly and easily replace me. Uh, matter of fact, they're probably going to be messaging you as we speak privately to some extent for that effect though. But thank you very much for uh, meeting up.
4: Uh, no, thank you for having me. Uh, I think you're well and truly safe there in, in the host chair. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be, to be uh, swanning around in the darkness, like, uh, like every other sort of uh, unmentionable being in the Arkham universe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, I think that's about uh It's about time to wrap things up. So it's been a hell of a past month. We've had quite a number of announcements from a new campaign to a new to a new game. We even had a new uh, Arkham Third expansion, which we didn't even really touch upon. We we saw the release of a new Arkham horror novel. We've seen a bunch of news, including a new uh parallel investigator. A uh, lot's happening, so it seems seems like there is certainly more to come within the next couple of months, and we will certainly be here to cover it, but uh, that'll do it for this episode. I've been your host, Nate, Lost in Time and Space, and I was joined with today...
1: I am the man from Lang, host of the Whisper and Darkness YouTube channel. I am Innkeeper Vase Odin
2: from the Twisted Tentacle Inn.
3: It is Parallel Investigator Nathan coming to you from the great beyond, and...
4: I have been Connor from the Board Game Barbecue Podcast.